Welcome to the Matt Hummer Podcast, episode 93. I'm Merle. I'm here with Elle. How's it going, Elle? Hey, Merle. I'm okay, thanks. <laughs> uh, it is, we are recording deep in the caverns of Future HQ today, so apologies if there's a little bit of an echo on the line, but we will struggle through. Echoes are metal anyway, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, we now live in a world without Slayer. That sucks. It's weird, isn't it? It is weird. Certainly as a fully functioning, full-time touring band, I've, I've already seen a few people question whether we'll see them return in some form or another before the end of time itself i imagine there's a possibility of that happening but yeah i agree i feel like they've left the door open for it not to be the last ever slayer thing but certainly looking at the reports from the final gig at the la forum on the 30th of november it seemed like it was a farewell occasion yeah it seemed you pretty know. emotional yeah um, and uh yeah, I mean, I, I genuinely don't think we will see Slayer. You know, this ain't Motley Crue. This is a band that, that no. I think we can believe when they say they've had enough. We know Tom's been, uh, as we said before, kind of struggling with some neck issues over the years. And um, they've had a really good recent run of a, a couple of really strong albums, great live performances, fantastic shows. Um, and I think in terms of being a full-time touring and recording band, I think that's it. And it fucking sucks. Um, we'll obviously be uh, bringing you all the exclusive behind the scenes and front row shenanigans from that final Slayer gig in an upcoming issue of Metal Hammer that's going to be out at the very, very start of 2020. Um, but before that, we have a brand new issue that's out right now. Uh, it's our big end of year edition and we have decided to pay tribute to the one and only one of the greatest drummers in uh, of the last 20 years in metal a guy who helped make Avenged Sevenfold one of the greatest bands in metal today. I'm talking about The Rev. Um, unbelievably, this month marks 10 years since he passed away. Um, and that was a person that really shocked the metal world, shocked the band. Many didn't know if Avenged would be able to continue without The Rev after he passed. Um, and of course, they did eventually continue and, uh, and brought out the Nightmare album in tribute to it, which is a fantastic record. Um, but yeah, it is 10, <coughs> 10 years since we lost The Rev. Uh, so in the new issue of Metal Hammer, we got Avenged Sevenfold to give us a brand new interview to talk all about his amazing life and legacy, pay tribute to him, uh, really talk us through the impact that he had on the band because um, I think what a lot of people still don't really realise about The Rev is that he wasn't just a fantastic drummer, he was actually an amazing artist that really contributed to what made Avenged Sevenfold such a unique and interesting band around the kind of um, mid to late noughties, I guess you would call it. Yeah, I think uh, judging by the reaction to the cover we posted today, people are still feeling really emotional about it. It's 10 years since his death, but even though he's gone, it's not been forgotten. People still spin his tracks. People still talk about him all the time, talk about how he influenced other bands and other musicians and how he put his stamp all over Avenged Sevenfold. He did. They, I mean, he really did contribute so much stuff. He wrote so many of the... Um, their very best songs um, um, as well as the actual feature itself which is a really great and um, like I said candid emotional interview with the band and we also talked to his family as well about uh, Jim Sullivan as his proper name was um, his early years um, uh, but uh, on top of that the issue also comes with a very cool uh, bonus Avenged magazine that counts down their 20 greatest songs ever um <laughs> you look excited by that yeah i've read it it's good yeah i wrote a lot of it i know i witnessed Merlin. some might say i wrote a fucking all of it but <laughs> <laughs> no it was uh it was an awesome uh undertaking 
um, being able to dig back through Avengers back catalogue and kind of really pull out all their greatest songs. And Jesus, there's a lot of them. I mean, I love Avengers anyway, but when you really go back and kind of pick out songs that could make a shortlist for this kind of thing, um, you really realise what an incredible band they were and still are. Uh, and again, in, in reference to The Rev, um, you realise once again how many songs he wrote and how much he really pushed the band into um, pushing outside the, the boundaries of metalcore and, and very, very quickly running away from that, that kind of group of metalcore bands that came out alongside them in the early 2000s. Um, he was just such a big, important part of the band. Um, and that is a big part of the uh, the 20 Greatest Songs bonus magazine that you get with this issue. And there's also an amazing free art print um, that we got exclusively designed by Lamotte, who is an awesome artist that a lot of you out there may already know. He did a really beautiful um, piece dedicated to Jimmy um, that comes with the magazine as well. Um, so there's loads of cool event stuff with the mag. Um, and on top of that, there's also a free end of year CD packing the best tracks from across 2019 and a free 2020 calendar as well, starring some of the biggest and best names in the world of metal. It looks fucking great, by the way. The photos on it are absolutely awesome. Um, pretty much made out of some of the very best cover shots we've taken in the last couple of years or so. It looks really, really good. So if you haven't sorted out your calendar for 2020 yet, uh, get the new issue. It's out now on all newsstands. Um, you can also, uh, in the UK, that is, I should say. Uh, and you can also get it internationally via tinyurl.com forward slash buy hammer that's tinyurl.com forward slash by hammer um there's also in a new issue the 50 best albums of 2020 our official critics poll in which we poll all the contributors writers designers editorial everyone else that works on my hammer everyone puts in their votes for the best albums of the year and then we give the uh the 50 best did ramstein get number one did slipknot get one did cool tool get something number one um was it somebody else that that upset the upset the the big guns uh, so much great music in there. Unbelievable 12 months for metal, all in the new issue. Uh, God, there's also brand new entries with Lindemann, um, Alien Weaponry, where L went off to the desert to hang out with one of the most exciting new bands in the world today. Um, maybe we'll talk a bit about that uh, next week. Um, we go on the Mega Cruise with Megadeth and a ton of other brilliant bands. We talk to Rob Halford. There's stuff on Angel Witch in there. There's an awesome piece on Amon Ra in there. Um, yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a hell of an issue we are seeing out the year in style. So um, whatever you like, there's something in there for you. I think that's fair to say. It's massive. <laughs> it's massive. But we got them delivered to the office the other day in the kind of packaging they come with in shops and it's like a brick. There's just so, so much stuff in heavy. there. I was like, why is it so heavy? Yeah, we want to finish the year with a bang. So uh, yeah, but strange to be talking about 10 years since the Rev, but um, it is a celebration of his life and there's a lot of other celebration in there as well about all the excellent stuff that's gone on in metal across this year and right now as well. So go pick it up uh, in the address I mentioned about two minutes ago. Metal, 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 metal. Metal, metal, metal for life. And I should say as well that we finally unveiled our Five Finger Death Punch bundles this week as well, uh, featuring exclusive signed lyric sheets, hand-signed by the band and hand-numbered. There's only 300 of them worldwide. Uh, they also come with a giant exclusive back patch, and we had them in the office as well. They're genuinely massive. I think they're actually bigger than my actual back. Yeah, it's like, like it, it's a proper centerpiece back patch. So if you've got a big space you need fill in, um, yeah it's an awesome very cool knucklehead back patch uh, and signed lyric sheets and all the other cool five finger death punch stuff that comes with that issue so that is also on sale now via tinyurl.com forward slash buy hammer and speaking of five finger death punch with my nice. seamless segue what's been going on Al? they've announced a new album called F8 out on February the 28th oh I didn't realise it was out on February the 28th 
<laughs> that special. F28, F8. Yeah, I mean, there's an F and an 8 in there. Yeah, I'll give yeah you that. they must have done that on purpose. Sure. Oh, yeah, February 28 is 28 as well. Yeah, 2 is February. Whoa. The second month. So it's like F8. Spooky. That's clearly, Spooky. clearly why they've done that. And obviously, fate, it's the word fate, F A T E. F8, yeah. F8 is fate. Yeah, so. And also, Five Finger have their logo as the knuckle dusters, and you can get the four fingers through the knuckle dusters. Yeah. So it's like fingers, eight fingers in your knuckle dusters. Oh my word. There's so many meanings. Um, yeah, excited to hear this. Uh, anyone who read our awesome cover feature with the band last month, um, which you can still pick up via that bundle I just mentioned, by the way, um, will know that they've been some, through some real shit in the last couple of years. Um, and we're talking like very near death, addiction, band bus stuffs, onstage meltdowns, the whole lot. Um, but they are feeling very much all on the same page and wanting to take on the world. So this should be, even by their standards, a particularly fired up and angry Five Figure Death Punch album, which I'm very excited by the idea of. I love that it's called Fate and it's coming out on 2-8. <laughs> yeah, February the into 8th. That. I am really into it. Like some Da Vinci Code shit going on. Um, Pearl Jam, oh, Elle's going to love this. Pearl Jam have <laughs> announced a huge London show. They're playing Hyde Park on July 10th, supported by Pixies. I mean, that's just an, a demographic nailed there, isn't it? It is, yeah. Um, and White Reaper, who I'm actually not very familiar with. Do you know who White Reaper are? No. We should look into them. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Pearl, Pearl Jam, Jam and Pixies playing Hyde Park on July 10th. I think that's part of the British summertime shenanigans that take Pearl over Jam, Hyde Park Pearl in Jam, London Pearl every Jam, year. Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam, Pearl Jam. Um, I had seen them before, but I hadn't seen their own headline set before last year. And I came on here and like drooled about it for like two hours. And you were just like, yeah, yeah. The whole time, because that's what they do. (laughs) One of the best live bands of all time ever, no doubt about it. I'm really excited because I bought myself tickets for my birthday. Was it last year? And I was super, super excited because the gig was on my actual birthday. And then on the day they cancelled because Eddie's voice, he'd done something to his voice and he cancelled. And then when they did the rescheduled shows, I couldn't make it. So I was really sad. So this is very exciting. We know where you're going to be on July 10th. (laughs) High part watching some Pilly J. Uh, (laughs) Some what? Shut up. Uh, If that wasn't enough 90s metal slash rock awesomeness for you, Faith O'More have announced four UK shows. They're going to be hitting up Manchester, Glasgow, Birmingham and London in June. Interesting, this, because it rolls right through download week, but it also seems to count the amount of playing download. Yeah. I think. I'm not sure. Yeah, it looked like it from the dates that... I mean, assuming what what kind of slot they might play and all that kind of stuff, I guess I mean. Yeah. I don't know. Time will tell. Yeah, time will tell. We'll have to wait and see. Have Um, they got a new record? Oh, I bloody hope so. The last one, Soul Invictus, wasn't it? That was a great album. I enjoyed it. Hopefully there'll be uh, more faith and more news to come. What else is going on? Bleed From Within have a new song out. It's called The End of All We Know. Come on, lads. I've been listening to it this afternoon. It is very good indeed, isn't it? Um, Yeah, it reminds me a bit of Psychosocial. Yeah. And it's like a sort of modern metal anthem definitely if you, i mean if you're i've said it before about bleed from within but if you if you kind of need that kind of lamb of god-esque big heavy modern well-produced metal uh, kind of groove heavy metal um itch scratched <laughs> uh then yeah bleed from within will absolutely sort you out such a great band their last album was a real fucking killer record and uh 
yeah, they got a new song out. So hopefully that means lots more to come from them in 2020. It's all kicking off. It scratched my itches. I'm good. Glad to know it. Um, and then finally, as if this week couldn't be fun enough already, they finally announced that they're doing Iron Maiden pop finals. Come on. <laughs> Come on. I've been waiting for literally about seven years for this. Come on. Okay. I'm so excited. Iron Maiden Pops. I've only just put my cabinet up and got got my geeky shit up at home. So are you going to get the whole band? I have to clear some space. Um, It's not the band, it's Eddie's. Oh, okay. I mean, obviously no offense to the greatest band of all time, but that would be a massive, massive, like missed opportunity. It's like, we're getting Iron Maiden finals. It's Nico. (laughs) I thought people like you would just really like that. I mean, I'd still like it. I'd get them. But <laughs> if it was a choice between having a little Nico on my shelf or having a little um, Peace of Mind Eddie, as is one of the four designs out there, I think they've got Peace of Mind, Killers, uh, the original Iron Maiden, and Number of the Beast. So four, first four records, basically. Hang on, isn't Peace of Mind the one where it's just a torso? No, that's Seven Son of Seven Son. Oh, Peace okay. of Mind is the straight jacket Eddie. Oh, yeah, I know that one. Um, so, uh, I mean, yeah, if they want to do a little Bruce as well, I'll definitely have a little Bruce or a little Steve Harris doing the machine gun based stuff. I'll be up for that. But in the meantime, they've done Eddie's, which is, I mean, once they go down that road, there's endless potential. You need to clear your shelves. I do. I've actually got an Iron Maiden section on my shelf. <laughs> so I'm going to have to work out what gets sacrificed in order for these, these pop vinyls. To on your calyx. If, if anyone's listening, who might be involved in this partnership slash licensing, obviously <laughs> we need a trooper pop. Um, I would like a Stranger in a Strange Land pop, please. Um, despite the album art, often getting a bit of a, a heckling, I would love to get the Death Eddie from uh, Dance of Death. That would be really cool. Um, Book of Souls Eddie would be good as well. Um, I could be here all day. <laughs> Clan- oh, Clansman Eddie. I want a Clansman Eddie. I can't actually think of what I would want. Not obviously Iron Maiden because that's totally you. You mean as a pop vinyl? Yeah. Like Iron Maiden is definitely... Have you More seen the Rob think. Zombie one? That's quite cool. Yeah, yeah. That's quite good. Yeah, he's cool. What about a Peter Steele pop vinyl? Yeah. Do they have to make it like an extra inch taller? <laughs> <laughs> Do they have to make it anatomically correct as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's the only one that's going to have a big old dong on it. <laughs> I'm trying to think of more like Eddie style things. Like what would I want that was a bit out of the ordinary? Like you could have the Ailstorm giant duck or something like that. It's like, what would I have? No. <laughs> Buy a duck. Buy a rubber duck. Well, I don't know, but what would I have? Like, I know they're doing Baby Metal. They've not done a Fox God, have they? Could do a Fox God. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Fox I'm God. I think what else is good? Um, obviously, we probably should probably say that other merchandising <laughs> <laughs> like trademarks are available other than fucking pop vinyls. Other figures are uh, available. Figures are available. I like NECA as well. So I've got a, a NECA Eddie or NECA. A ne- ne- Necker, I think. I don't know. I'm they do all the cool it. horror stuff. I've got a, Necker, oh. a couple of Necker Eddies. They're wicked. I love them. I'm a geek. La la la. Um, should we do some reader questions? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Unless uh, you want to talk about Eddie some more. Uh, I, I mean, as people that listen to this podcast know, I could and we would be here forever. Um, www.facebook.com forward slash Metal Readers. Uh, we're heading towards 3,000 people on that Facebook group now, which is awesome. We really appreciate all you guys supporting us um, and just kind of spawning your own little mini community on there where people are, up, like, you go on there every day and people are like recommending albums to each other. Everyone's on there comparing their top 20 of the year at the moment, which is cool. Um, so yeah, it's just awesome. Come and join us and hang out. Yay. Rob Lake asks, if you had to swear off metal and rock, 
what genre would you be swayed towards? You're never allowed to listen to rock or metal again, what you're listening to. Well, I was thinking, does that include like goth? Can you have goth? I would say anything that anything because, that could be in the pages of Metal Hammer magazine. Okay. So I'm not like I like Sisters of Mercy if we're talking sort of like trad goth stuff. I'm not massively into goth as in dance music with dark lyrics, but when I'm in a club that has that music, I dance to it and I really enjoy it. So I'd probably just go more down that road, I reckon. Like I was in Berlin in June to watch Tool play their first European show and went to this club which was a metal club and we went up there and like we knew that it was free to get in if you're over 30 but we went up there and we like tried to give them money and they were like ha 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 and just let us in because we were clearly old so we went in there and then (laughs) danced to some metal that was in the top floor and then the middle floor they had like a proper goth floor and it was loads of people doing the goth two-step to like combi christ what's the goth two-step where you step from one side to the other so oh, you like step this, this, like a you shuffle. Step to the, you just like step to the left and you step to the right, but you do it quite fast. But that's that's the gospel. You sounded like um, what's that song? Step to the left, step <laughs> to the right, do do a crisscross, do do a crisscross. Yeah, everybody, clap your hands. Clap, 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 clap. Goth, 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 goth. But yeah, like so, I was dancing to like VMV Nation and Combi Christ and all those, and sometimes I go to Slime Light and dance to all that stuff. That, that is, I think that's, that's still rock music, though, isn't it? I don't know. You we just say, really I mean, have... Combi Christ is Grebo music. You can't say I'm I'm not allowed to listen to rock and metal anymore. I'm just gonna listen to Combi Christ. Yeah, but we don't do like giant cover features on Combi Christ. No, but so... we've had them in the magazine. When? Um, when we used to do those little welcome back features about five years ago, and I did one on Combi Christ. Fine. <laughs> I was just going to say, I enjoy... Dan- you are not allowed any Grebo music. I enjoy dancing to that stuff, like, when I'm out. I don't really listen so much at home. You, you have to, you have to can like... Can I have... Okay. All right, go on. Can, can I have dark ambience? No. You can't. <laughs> it's still dark. So, I've got a really easy answer to this, because... Well, yeah, but you're just going to well, say hip-hop. Well, it's not an easy answer. You're just going to say hip-hop. I was going to say dance first, actually, and then hip-hop. Um, but we've had the Prodigy in the magazine. Yeah. And you're going to say them. Okay, well, if... I mean, yeah, if, if I had to swear off rock and metal, I'd be, I don't think I'd ever want to listen to any music because I'd be so upset. But um, <laughs> I listen to a lot of dance music as well. I'd probably say a lot of the time, certainly when I'm going to the gym or when I just need to like really focus in and concentrate on something, I'll just put some dance music on, listen to a lot of great dance music this year. Um, and yeah, I love hip hop as well. Um, I love a lot of reggae and a minute amount of country music. So... Actually, I love a lot of pop music as well, to be honest. That's not a bad so. shout. I could probably go to country music. Last year, I mentioned that album by Casey Musgraves. Yeah, that's a great album. It was cool. And it's just, yeah, it's not rock and metal at all. And it was a big hit. And I like Taylor Swift. She came from country. Dixie Chicks. Like, I've seen You're the country. You're not basic country. I've, yeah. <laughs> I wouldn't know any of the proper country artists, but I've seen the Country Music Awards a few times. I've seen Brad Paisley get up and receive his accolades. I could probably go to country. And then, you know, people like Manson doing outlaw country stuff. No, you wouldn't be allowed to listen to that. No, I know. But <laughs> I'm just saying I could probably have a bit of outlaw country, even if it wasn't him. Yeah, a bit of outlaw country for sure. Yeah. There's, I mean, there's, uh, yeah, not listening to metal and rock would be horrible, but um, I'm actually there's a lot of other stuff I do listen to. The Dolly Parton musical in the new year. Really? Nine to five, yeah. I think they just put David Hasselhoff in that. 
No. Pretty sure, unless I was sure? having some weird fever dream yesterday, I'm pretty sure on the tube I said I saw something that said you can now hassle the Hoff. Really? And he was like at the front of a. Whoa. I think it was it was a musical that's in London. I'm gonna take my friend for her birthday, so wow. I think it'd be really good. I don't mind musicals. I went to see the Tina Turner one the other week. That was quite good fun. Which one? The, the Tina Turner oh, musical. Yeah. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. good. She's got some bangers. And uh, I listen to the Book of Mormon soundtrack like every other week. <laughs> I fucking love it, honestly. So yeah, we'd, we'd, we'd survive, but we'd rather not have to swear off rock and metal. So if everyone can make sure we don't have to do that, that'd be great. We went to Wicked. That was good. Yeah, that was cool. Yeah. Heavy Metal Musical Club that lasted for one thing. Yeah, why did we only do one musical in the Heavy Metal Musical Club? Well, the Muppets was kind of a musical. We did that. Yeah. Oh. So just as musicals, guys. The just, most metal ones. Yeah, what's the most metal musicals that we can listen to and go and watch? Because I do like a lovely night out. <laughs> do you want to do the next the question? question? <laughs> Marco says, let's talk metalcore, the biggest bands and albums ever. Assume I know nothing, brackets, which is actually quite close to the truth, close brackets, and tell me where to start. You have one minute to turn me into a metalcore fan. Oh shit, I missed a bit where go. I said one minute. Okay, uh, well, go. Um, first go. of all, uh, I would say the greatest metalcore album of all time, in my opinion, is Alive or Just Breathing by Gilswitch Engage. Um, uh, I know a lot of people slightly prefer End of Heartache because it's maybe a bit catchier, a bit more anthemic, but I think in terms of really grafting metal music to visceral, guttural, hardcore, I think uh, Killswitch perfected it on Alive or Just Breathing. Um, oh my god but you could also go back to the roots of hardcore so you could go back to stuff like Integrity Earth Crisis Visions of Disorder um, you could go into the mid noughties kind of American stuff 36 Crazy Fist Atreyu As Like Dying um, you could do stuff like I mean Hate Breed Perseverance that's a massive album um, Avenged Sevenfold Waking the Fallen one of my favourite metalcore albums ever it's my favourite Avenged album it's so good Parkway Drive Horizon are you timing me? no oh, okay. I was timing with my mind quick uh, Parkway Drive Horizons seconds. is a classic uh, more recent stuff um, I love Barry Tomorrow's recent stuff um, I love Malevolence's stuff uh, Knocked Loose if they count they're probably more hardcore actually I think that's probably a minute that. now shut up alright that's it that was everything also I Miss May I and uh, My Some Men's albums from a few years ago good and Every Time I Die and Converge and Botch oh and Unearth and Unearth if I was going to recommend three um, uh, metalcore albums or three metalcore artists I'd probably go for Killswitch Parkway and Unearth so there I had that written down. Misery Signals. Not those three albums, but... Shadows Fall, but the early stuff. <laughs> if that counts again. I forgot I about know. Shadows Fall. They're fucking great band. They were really big for like a minute. Um, I can't remember if I said them. Malevolence as well, Reign of Suffering. Oh my God, like metallic hardcore that's just so good. We but again, need to make an office playlist. Yeah, we do. Metalcore playlist. So yeah, I probably blurred a few genres there because metalcore can be a bit of a vague term sometimes, but... Kill switch for the win. Yeah, I did think Converge was a bit random to throw in there. Probably wouldn't have said. Yeah, no, they, I, I, yeah, because I went down the every time I die route, and then I started writing stuff like Converge, and then I was like, no, nah, Converge is probably too. It's like there's metal and hardcore in it, but yeah. it doesn't really represent metalcore. It doesn't. But I was trying to show that metalcore is quite a wide thing. It doesn't just mean like fucking. We came as Romans. Like there's a lot more in there yeah. to it than that. But anyway, I hope that helped, Marco. Go listen to Kill Switch. Which I'll tell anyone any time of year, to be honest. And we'll make a playlist that you can listen to. Because we're your friends. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Jack Hawkins asks, if you had to change a character from a Chris... I've smashed this. If you had to change a character <laughs> from a Christmas movie with a personality from metal, who would it be and why? I'd choose Tommy Vexed as Elf, because that would be amazing. That, 
I guess, yeah. Sure, why not? Why not? Did you do this? What have you got? Um, well, I'm finding it really hard to think because tonight I am going to see hopefully one of the greatest things uh, ever. Man, I'm envious of this. Which is A Nightmare Before Christmas live at Wembley Arena. You could meet Jack Skellington. I mean, I probably won't, but so excited. Look, it just sounds amazing. Yeah. So it's, it's the cast singing live, and I presume visuals are on stage, like on I've screen no or something. Idea and then Danny Elfman's there composing. I think Danny Elfman's there, but apart from that, I don't know Not what composing, it is. Composing. Um, conducting. Conducting. No, yeah. I think he's definitely there, but I don't know anything about it. I just saw it, and I'm like, I have to go. So I'm just going in cold. I don't really know like it what it is, it but I just want to see it. You have to review that on the podcast next week. Okay, I can't wait. Sweet. So I was thinking about who could be Jack Skellington, basically. Um, and I've just got most recency bias, and we saw Ghost last week, and I was thinking Tobias slash Cardinal would be a pretty easy fit for Jack Skellington, sort of whirling around, being a showman, getting everybody involved in making Christmas. Making in Christmas. Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a massive... Uh, Louder, um, which is the family of mags, it's us, Prog, and Classic Rock, plus the Louder Online uh, segment, hosted up by Bryony, who's been on this website, um, and we all have a joint uh, Christmas mix that we've been playing in the office, <laughs> and we put some, like, you can tell who kind of the Grebos are in the office, because, like, every so often, a Nightmare Before Christmas track will come on, or Mr. Hanky, the Christmas poo. I really enjoyed that. That came on earlier, that was good. Uh, yeah. You cast the rest of this then, or? No, I haven't. I'm just thinking, though, who would be Sally? Um, It'd have to be someone like Simone Simons. I'm just thinking of, like, redheads who sing in metal. <laughs> yeah, or um, from New Year's Day, who has the... Oh, Ash Costello. Oh, absolutely. She has the divided hair. Absolutely. No, she, I mean, <laughs> she would, like, probably kill someone in the office if we cast someone that that wasn't her. <laughs> definitely. Absolutely, Definitely. Yeah, someone like that. I haven't cast anyone else. It's just one character, isn't it? So yeah, that's all I did. Oh, one character. Well, I cast the whole film. Did you? I bet you can't I'd guess like which do, one I cast. I'd like to do the Grinch. <laughs> I'm trying to think who would be the most Grinch-like in metal. You need a giant green monster. Yeah. <laughs> who would be the Grinch? Who's, like, really grumpy? Well... I'm not going to do that because that's kind of fed into my, some of my uh, <laughs> my ideas. Yeah, <laughs> I have cast The Muppets Christmas Carol. <laughs> ah, so good. AKA the greatest Christmas movie ever made. Ellen and I uh, may be going for the third year in a row to see the live sing-along at the Prince Charles uh, in London in a couple of weeks' time. It's so much fun. Um, it's not live, obviously, but yeah, it's a, it's a sing-along with little words on the screen and stuff. Uh, so yeah, I, I could just say I'm casting a Christmas Carol, but I'm not. I'm casting the Muppets Christmas Carol because they have to sing and it has to be the same tone and everything, but just starring these people. Um, so first of all, I was thinking uh, who could play Charles Dickens, aka the narrator, which is Gonzo in yeah. the film. Um, so you need someone who can kind of just kind of like uh, sway in and just go, "Hey, everybody! Like, oh, what we're here and the we're here in the Christmas Carol." Ooh, I can't remember the lines, um, and like you know. Uh, not a creature did stir like all that kind of stuff and um, really ham it up so I thought Devin Townsend get him oh, in like a little great. get him in a little scarf little hat little finger gloves I think he'd be quite cool all the kind of nudge nudge wink wink to camera stuff he'd be great um, Scrooge I just thought of a grumpy old rich guy so I picked Gene Simmons <laughs> 
I'd say that's perfectly cast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but, you know, maybe he's actually misunderstood like Scrooge's and so therefore he can become the, the happy giving man that we all know so he I is. I told the story on the podcast about when I shook his hand and he said he didn't mind shaking it because I was beautiful, but then he asked what hand I wiped my bum with. <laughs> Oh, and said he said he doesn't usually shake hands with people because he's scared of germs. Oh, my and I was like, yeah, we're not having this conversation. He's like, he's just something else, isn't he? He he walked into the Melthammer office about um, six years ago, and uh, he looked at me, and I was, I just had jeans with holes in, as most jeans do these days. Um, and he just looked at me, and just went, "You got holes in your jeans." <laughs> and I was just like, "Thanks, Gene Simmons." <laughs> what do you say to that? <laughs> so yeah, that would be he'd be my Scrooge. Um, I've got Andrew WK as Bob Cratchit, aka Kermit, because he's just constantly PMA, always happy, oh, like yeah. constantly bringing the side up, won't let anything bring him down, always, like, always there. That's great. Um, I've got <laughs> Doro as Emily Cratchit, obviously played by Miss Piggy, just because she's cool and she can sing, and she's just also very positive and awesome, but also is uh, an ass kicker, um, which means. At some point in the film, because doesn't she chuck Kermit around at one point, or is that not in Muppet's Christmas Carol? I don't think that's in. She threatens Scrooge, doesn't she? That's I think it. she's upset with him, but she doesn't. Yeah, she, when he, she opens the door to Scrooge, yeah, she's actually like, become. And nice. I should give you a piece of yeah, my yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, Dory could do that definitely. Um, for Marley and Marley, aka Waldorf and Statler, I've got Satchel and Michael Starr from Steel Panther. Because <laughs> 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 there's two goofballs not taking anything seriously at all. Flying around in their chains. <laughs> That'd be quite good. Um, and the three ghosts. I'll fucking smash this, mate, honestly. Sue Metal as the ghost of Christmas past. <laughs> Come on, this will be great. I can actually see that. And then yeah. as she fades away at the end, she goes, see you. <laughs> and she fades into nothing. It'd be great. Be Imagine really Sue Metal good. taking Gene Simmons into the past. It'd be amazing. Um... Johan Hegg is the ghost of Christmas present, obviously. Yeah, Massive beardy cool. guy going, oh, 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 and drinking mead and stuff like Perfect that. Perfect casting. Um, I'd love to hear his version of um, Wherever you feel love, it feels like Christmas. Oh, Somebody yeah. Johan Hegg would be amazing. Um, Papa Emeritus won as the ghost of Christmas future because he didn't, do, he didn't really speak so much. He was much more like subtle and like just ominous and spooky looking. Yeah, he was, yeah. Uh, so that would be cool. And then I tried to think of that Tiny Tim, but I just started thinking of small people, so I just put Danzig. <laughs> what? Run out that of That doesn't ideas. make any sense. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Imagine w Andrew WK as Bob Cratchit just like walking along with Danzig going, to see the two be jolly and joyous. <laughs> I'm not sure Danzig has the right temperament for Tiny Tim. No, maybe not, but... You know, we've got to try and keep this to scale, so right, it'll okay. do fine. Okay. So yeah, that's as far as I got really. I mean, that's I pretty amazing. I was trying to think of someone that could be like Fuzzy Wig or Fuzzy Wig. Oh yeah, um, the lawyer. But again, like he's kind of thrown a party, so I went back to Andrew WK again. So yeah. I'm not too sure. Oh no, Jamie Jaster. Well, Jamie Jaster was my original thought for Bob Cratchit, actually. Really? So I think that works. Jamie Jaster, yeah, Jamie Jaster could be maybe Jamie Jaster could be Bob Cratchit, and Andrew WK could be Fuzzy Wig. I think either would work. I think we'd have to get them in for a screen test. That would be see which the best one of them was screen best. test ever. I think that was a perfect casting. Not Thank too you. sure on the dancing fronts. Yeah, I, I kind of, I mean, you can see it's right down the bottom of the page. I kind of just ran out of time. Yeah, who else would be good for Tiny Tim? You need someone who's like, just really sweet and super positive and happy. Yeah. 
Like who's like just a lovely man. Drummers are usually quite nice. <laughs> sure. Maybe there's a really nice drummer. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I don't know. Somebody really nice who just wants to be nice to people. Mm. A wholesome character. Miles Kennedy. <laughs> it's Tiny Tim. <laughs> it's just nice. You seem like, nah. <laughs> that wouldn't work for me. Maybe Stephen Adler. He, he would seem like a like super PMA guy. I, I don't know do. what he's up to these days. I but... know. Um, yeah, I think we've hit a dead I have to park there. that one. Facebook group, if you can think of a good <laughs> Tiny Tim to join our awesome cast, yeah. we'll get the funding to make this made. The rest of the cast is so good. A matter of time. <laughs> Let's do a crowdfunding. <laughs> we could definitely make this happen. How much do you reckon it would cost for Gene Simmons to play Scrooge? I mean... <laughs> Fucking shit tons. I mean... More than we could ever have. Yeah. Oh, dear. But you could storyboard it. Yeah, we could. Yeah. We'd, we'd win around, it's fine. Um, you can do the next question. Jeremy Saffer asks, when He takes photos for us. He does. <laughs> when has a band going after a popular trend been awesome and when has it been terrible? I.e. Corn doing dubstep mumble rap in metal post Malone with Ozzy. Tons of thrash bands going new metal or adding, attempting to add rap metal for one album in the 90s, etc. See, so I take this as him saying that's all crap. Yeah. Which I strongly disagree with when it comes to Corn doing dubstep. That I was album just gonna is say, great. Jeremy, I love The Path of Totality, so you and I are going to have to Fantastic disagree album. on that. Like, and also, <laughs> I think because they kind of abandoned the whole dubstep thing on the next album and then Head came back and the whole thing changed, I think a lot of people forget how important that period was to Corn because apart from the fact that the album's awesome and it still sounds great, I still listen to it all the time, um, that was the period where they really refound themselves live because they came out of that weird point where they were like getting people in bunny masks on stage and getting all these mysterious musicians jumping around looking weird and it just I mean Corn have always been a fantastic live band but it all felt a bit too conceptually heavy for what they were all about and then they did the dubstep thing and they just went back to like turning up on every stage they could and just absolutely smashing the tits out of it and it, they were just so good on that tour and ever since then I think they've been one of the very best bands in metal, live bands in metal again. So we reject your assertion that Corn doing dubstep was bad. Um, post the moment with Ozzy, yeah, I wasn't fussed with that. Me either. Um, I mean, I've put, I don't know if this really counts as something that's good, but, um, you know, Metallica obviously were kind of paying attention to the scene around them and the kind of, kind of grungier, more alt metal, slower vibe that was permeating alternative music in the 90s. Um, which is where Load and Reload came in. And obviously I think Load is a fucking great album and I think Reload's got some awesome stuff on it as well. So if that counts, I would <clears throat> go with that. And they kind of cut their hair off and started dressing differently. So they definitely embraced what was going on in the scene at the time. Well, I was going to say, does Lulu, cool. does Lulu count or not? Because it wasn't a trend. It was just them. No, that was just going off the rails. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's all I could think of. No one, like, no one else was doing Lulu and there's a reason for it. Like styles colliding. That was my one where I was like, yeah, that was a bad one. Because everything else I could think of was good. Like there was obviously Walk This Way. I thought that was good. Yeah, totally. Although that was kind of almost um, like a precedent, wasn't it? There wasn't like loads of bands doing rock rap at that point. No, it wasn't like a trend trend. Yeah. Set a trend. Um, yeah, I can't think of any more. Oh. The one I thought of that I didn't like is... And again, he didn't exactly rip anything off that was going on. He kind of put his own spin on stuff. 
But Marilyn Manson doing Eat Me, Drink Me, um, which I've said before, I thought was a... I just didn't interest me at all because it felt like he was vibing off of a rock scene that, you know, him had exploded into and were huge by that point. Um, and, uh, you know, emo was still kind of around and there's this kind of like more romantic kind of lovey-dovey kind of thing going on in a lot of the rock scene at that point. And I felt like he kind of tried to put his own spin on that. You know, the, the guy that put out Heart-Shaped Glasses was not, in my opinion, trying to appeal to the same fans that the guy, as the guy that put out this is the new shit. Do you know what I mean? It just felt like he was reaching to a slightly different audience. And I think it works because I actually know a lot of people that like they love that album and that's why they actually came into Manson. But for me personally, it felt like he was trying a bit too hard to recast himself as this kind of romantic... Do you know what I mean? Like, he even had a bit of an emo haircut back then. Yeah. And, like, he did the makeup differently and it was a bit that. more, like... Now you've said that, I can see what, poetic you're, getting, and heartbroken I can see what you're getting at. But at the time, I definitely didn't think that. I was just like, oh, Manson's doing another album. I didn't really think of it as being consciously, like, affiliated with any of those other bands. It's just kind of an evolution of him. So I can see where you're coming from, but I don't know if that's necessarily where he was coming from. Yeah, it's right. easy to sort of superimpose that. I mean, that there's more something. of like an 80s goth influence on there than anything contemporary, but it felt like it fit. Like I could see someone who loved him or something watching the video for Heart Shaped Glasses and going, ooh, because it's just the whole visual aspect of it was because totally different, you know? Yeah, it was. You go from fight song to that in like two albums. That's quite a substantial evolution, I think. Well, I have nothing more to say because you already know I like it. Do you? Yes. Good for you. And Good. you know why? Because you're a big old flowery goth. <laughs> <laughs> black flowers. Black, 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 black roses only. Yeah, black roses only. It's true. Or really dark red ones like blood. <laughs> uh, that roses is... are the best flowers. Just putting it out there. <laughs> okay, if you're going to pick one, definitely pick roses. I mean, that definitely sounds like you're dropping hints for people to send you flowers, but sure. I, w I would accept them, yeah. Cool. Well, there you heard it. I'm partial to a lily. Um, <laughs> the flower of death. <laughs> exactly. Even more good. Uh, that's it for this week on the Matt Hammer podcast. We're going to go and start crowdfunding our Muppets Christmas Carol remake. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Um, we'll be when back you next say week. crowdfunding, do you mean passing a sign-up sheet around the office? Yeah, just passing an envelope around MP. the future office. <laughs> See what we can do. Um, we might be able to afford like, no, we won't be able to afford any of them. No, too high no. Maybe one of the guys from that could gobble or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that, yeah, that's it for this week. We'll be back next week. Um, Elle is going to review Danny Elfman doing Nightmare Before Christmas live. Uh, is it the so O2? So excited. It's at Wembley. At Wembley. So excited. Absolutely amazing. I don't really know what I'm going to see. I just know that I love it. So Love it, love it, love it, love it. That's awesome. Um, and don't forget the new issue of Mount Hammer is out right now has it really been 10 years since the Rev unbelievable but what a talent he was and we are celebrating him in the new issue so go pick it up thank you everybody and we will see you next week goodbye see you see you